Welcome, everybody, to episode 21 of the Glenbrook Village podcast. My name is Corey. I'm your host, as usual. Uh, it's been a long two weeks since we recorded. We had uh, we had two birthdays, uh, Andrew and Herbie. They celebrated their birthdays. How was that? How was your birthdays? How was your birthday weekends? You had your vacation Chupapi time. Manano. <laughs> I can never be serious. It was good, man. <laughs> it, was, it was dope. I did like a staycation here because Brianna planned it out. So just went up to North North Vancouver, spent a weekend there. It was nice to feel like a little bit of normality and all this COVID shit. So that was nice. <laughs> Can't complain. I uh, listened to Dr. Hinshaw and chose to leave Calgary and go to Canmore and Banff. Go around town, go to all the local restaurants, <laughs> touch every surface. <laughs> On his regal bear out here. Just, yeah. doing my, just doing my part. <laughs> See a baby's face, just palm it. <laughs> you know. The good stuff. Hold the band-aid uh, off. Yeah. Well, today is great because we have a we have a very special guest with us today. From Calgary, if you've ever been to a 10 at 10 showcase, you've definitely seen this man. Benny Johnson, how you doing, brother? Chilling, chilling, man. Fantastic to be on this live podcast in the middle of the COVID times. Thanks, you guys, for having me, man. This is what's up. Thanks for, yeah, we Thanks know, for coming on. Yeah. Yes, I know sir. you've definitely had some some stuff you've had to, you know, kind of work around with the 10 at 10 showcase. We'll definitely get into those questions, like, later on, but I wanted to... I kind of wanted to start off by, you know, just kind of asking you, like, how how 10 at 10 became to be, you know, what kind of gave you the inspiration to get it off the ground and get it running and, like, you know, just how you got from, you know, how, how it started and to how you got to where you are now with it. Well, man, if you want to, if you want to really take it back, take it <laughs> re- way, way, way back. I mean, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a, I'm a rapper from Calgary, Alberta, and... Before even then, I'm from a small, small town in Alberta, and way back, I don't know if you guys remember a, a group called Swola Members, but um, absolutely, <laughs> right? They were they were Canada's finest at uh, the, the point in time when I was coming up, and me and my my group members, we were, were just making some music at the time, and we got to tour with them throughout Alberta. And at the end of that tour, their manager was just like, you guys are really good at this stuff. You guys should kind of like continue to progress through this. Uh, Calgary's got a good scene. Head on down there. And this is like 2005, 2004. So it's a long time ago. And uh, we, were, we were like, okay, dope. Let's go ahead and do that. And obviously, we're just in our, at the end of our teens. And so we're like, okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's go check it out. So we, can, we come down to Calgary, and it wasn't what he what he said. I mean, and being from a small town, obviously, you're just like, anything is better than nothing. But it was still just like, oh, there's really, really nothing here. So between, like, doing that and coming down for, you know, on my, like, I had a football scholarship um, for Lavella in Quebec, but I got tendonitis on my left Achilles. So I was like, you know what, I'm not trying to go to another province and not know how to speak French and so on, etc. Let's just see what Calgary has to offer. We might as well. It's a good time to do, try to do everything at once. Um, so we came out here. And slowly you find out, or quickly you find out, that there's not really an opportunity for you to kind of, like, do your thing. Now, there was live local shows. There was, like, these, like, things. But right away you found out that every single rap show here was the exact same thing. This, like, super underground pub show with the same kind of audience in it that nobody wants to attend. So if you ever had a shorty, ever had a girl that you wanted to, like, show up, be like, yeah, yeah, I do this, I do this rap thing, and you bring her out, it's kind of like... 
yeah, just make sure you're carrying your mace with you or I'm going to come pick you up before the show. <laughs> right. Like it's kind of like a, it's a really sketchy environment. You never really had an opportunity to like be an artist, but also feel like appreciated as an artist also at the same time. And even up until like probably even a few months ago, you could be like, yeah, I'm a rapper from Calgary. And people would be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> so, you know, all those kind of things like kind of like rung in my head as we're trying to do our, our music stuff. And I went to school to learn how to do like marketing and design. Cause again, I'm a, I'm a realist. I'm an immigrant into Canada, you know, as a baby, but I'm still an immigrant. So you still have immigrant expectations of like, you have to be successful. So pursuing a rap career out of anywhere in Canada at that time, let alone from Alberta is kind of like, I don't know the, I don't know what the odds are, but it's not a lot. It's not a lot past 0%. So, you know, the whole idea was like in the back of my mind, like, how do I at the very least create an environment um, or help foster something that can allow artists to at least have a chance at respectability, credibility and a place to kind of develop. And as you guys know, man, even just coming from I, I talked about football, but I never talked about basketball and basketball is like my one like true, true love. But I'm five seven. So I'm also a realist here. But um, the best way for you to like find people or even improve your skill is to play these pickup basketball games. So you always try to find the best court in the city. What's the most, what's the busiest or what the best hoopers are doing. You always try to link up and you always try to improve your skills. And when you're playing pickup games, you like to, you know, work on something different during that time. That's, that's before the games that matter. So you want to work on your left hand or work on whatever kind of step back or kind of shot you have. So all those things are going into my mind about like, you know, how do I create like an environment um, that can allow artists to get better, build a fan base that actually wants to be there without bear mace and yeah. <laughs> learn like better skills. Like, Oh shit, there's someone actually in this city. That's actually really dope. Oh shit. I gotta step my, I gotta step my bars up, set my game up. That person on stage is ill. Like that's crazy. So that was always in the back of my mind, but that didn't happen until years later. Um, about me being like, okay, what's happening in the city? Let's truly find out because I always find that people try to do things without finding out what else is happening and without trying to help other things that are happening or trying to contribute versus just do it for um, selfish reasons. And my whole thing was like, I still want to be an artist. I just want to find a way to do this the right way. So moving here, it still took about like six, seven, eight years before I even jumped into the space of like creating 10 at 10. So I know this is a super long-winded way of doing things, but I also find... No, man, it's, it's, good, it's, to, it's good to hear. It's good to hear it, though. Like, it's definitely good to hear yeah. and see, like... You know, it's a good lesson, too, because, you know, you said it took you a couple of years. Like, some people think, you know, it's going to happen, like, overnight, but you got you to gotta grind it out, right? Oh, totally. And I think a lot of the times is I'm very... I like to keep things very, like, brief and vague, and I, and I realized recently that I'm not explaining to people enough you know, of why even what we're doing has any kind of importance or why it's, it's had like the like longevity that it's had. Like it's all these little intricate things that actually are the story. But if you don't know any of those things, you just think I'm a promoter trying to like make money from local rappers. And I'm like, do you guys understand business at all? Because yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not a good business proposition. I'll tell you that much. But um, that all being said, like now we're in this place where it's like, okay, how do you create this environment or it's necessary, you need it. Um, what's the opportunity to go ahead and do that? And then finally we had like one of our partners, like he initially was just like, yo, I'm working at this new spot. It's downtown. 
Um, it's kind of upscale and stuff, but you know, I think I might have an opportunity here. And, and then from that, it's kind of like we all link up and we decide that we can create this show, you know, call it at the time 10 MCs. And I was just going to be 10 MCs rapping at this like really, really sick downtown sushi lounge. And after the first performance, the first night where we had 10 artists all build for the show, I realized really quickly, I was like, no, this room could use more. It could actually be the whole representation of hip-hop culture. We could represent the elements, so we could represent dance, the singer side, the producers, DJs. We can get a whole night of entertainment going on in here. And just based off the relationship of what the venue looked like, we then created this like room where it's like, okay, guys, one night a month, you get a chance to come downtown Calgary, dress up. You can wear a three-piece suit, or you can wear your Lacoste sneakers. And at the time here, you weren't allowed to wear anything that wasn't like all those shoes or button ups or anything. You have to be dressed up because they hated hip hop. They hated everything that comes with hip hop. You can infer what you need to from that. But the biggest thing was, okay, how do we create this zone where now you're not in some dungy pub in whatever fuck of the city. Sorry, excuse my language, but how do you create this thing that's central that people can kind of get to? It was just off the C train and that's something that we did at that spot for two years. And it was a free event. So literally one night of a month, you got to experience hip hop culture in this city. And this is at a time when EDM is the biggest thing. And all the clubs are playing EDM. In fact, the only places that were really playing hip hop was the roadhouse on Sundays. Uh, Cowboys, like as part of their like ladies night on Thursdays. Uh, And then there was like some random spots here and there. And then even hi-fi club had like hip hop being played with its DJs, but it wasn't like a mainstay. It was just like DJs who were just like worldwide selectors who had just like a big ear. And you have to even just be a super fan of music in general to even want to go to Hi-Fi because Hi-Fi was a very much niche community as well of people who just love music. Like they brought Kid Cudi out here in 2008 before Day and Night even popped on SoundCloud. Like that's how like ahead of their time they were at selecting and bringing in talent, but people just didn't really catch on unless they were in that kind of super music scene. So anyways, that's kind of where things happen. It's like, how do we not only create a place where artists can be respected, develop their craft, build a fan base, but how could we also have a night of hip-hop culture where it's genuine, it's real. You're seeing people of color in the room. You're actually feeling like yourself and not being judged by this shitty bouncer that, you know, is trying to judge you head to toe and so on, etc. right? So that's kind of like the genesis of it. But to keep it there, I'll, I'll, I'll let your, your questions take us where we need to go from there. No, that's dope. That's dope, no. though. Uh, yeah, so I no, guess I guess it's, you found from going it. from Fort Mac, going from Fort Mac to Calgary, that you really just went from like the value menu to like the, the supersized version of the same thing because like <laughs> Calgary's not really conducive with hip hop culture, and I think like outside of 10x and maybe Two Towers, mm-hmm. there's not really much for hip hop in this city. Yeah, and I mean, there's people that have been doing shows here forever, like shout out to Ill Movements, shout out to just Drew Atlas and and Gummy, guys that have always created hip-hop moments. So you're talking about concerts of the highest degree. If you're bringing in J. Cole, you're doing (laughs) hip-hop. If you're bringing in Tribe Called Quest or J. Rid the Damager, like you're doing things, um, um, True Rhythm as well. But like the biggest thing that you're thinking of is like, those are just concerts, right? So just as far as being a concert experience, you're there to watch the actual headlining act concert experience. Mm -hmm. 
uh, enjoy the songs that you heard and then, and then go home. Right. So there is those kind of like smaller things where it's like, man, but there's more to this. I look at TV and I feel like I want to be in those environments, in those rooms. I want, I want to be on those basketball courts. Like how come we can't have that type of stuff here? So yeah, definitely like the dollar menu to the super size of the, of the same thing, of the same even, product, more, even, yeah. even more extreme, but that's also just like, I guess the, the case of Alberta, if you yeah. will, it's not necessarily being, you know, mad about that. It's just realizing really, really quickly that, you know, just because there's more people doesn't mean that it's any better. If no one's doing the stuff that you need on the ground. Alberta is an inherently country province, so like there is a lot yeah. to build on to. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Well, I was gonna say it's also like a I feel like that's a Canadian thing too. Like for me growing up in Canada, like I moved I moved to Canada in two thousand one from the States where mm. you know the I definitely like heard R and B and stuff before, but then when I came to Canada like two thousand one all I was hearing was like kind of rock and like pop, and then like I'd I'd watch much music, but you're not catching a lot of hip hop on much music, and then like eventually they started no. to play. Eventually, like they started to like if you were up late enough, there was like they had like Rap City, I think it was, and then I mm-hmm. heard like I heard Jesus walks, and I was like, Yo, who the fuck is who? Who is this Kanye West guy? Like, you know, yeah. who is this but Kanye it, it took, character? It, but it took, but it took, but it took like three years for me to like actually, you know, figure out what the hell hip hop was. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it took some time. Mm. But like, that's uh, that was like another question I want to ask you. Like, what was like, you know, you talked about swollen members, and like I I heard swollen members as well. But like, what was like your introduction like into hip hop? Like, what kind of like brought you into the culture? Like, into that scene? Oh, you wanna you wanna you wanna date me right now? Hey, you guys wanna take me all the way back? <laughs> um, well, everybody to has be honest, int- like everybody has their introduction. Like you know, for me, my mm-hmm. I don't know if like this is like really actually no. Like my introduction would have been like the Fugees, like, mm. and it was kind of weird mm-hmm. too how I got to that point. Like I saw Sister Act two, and then I I heard, and then I like I love Lauren Hill just off of watching that movie. And then I discovered mm-hmm. the Fugees. So that was like my introduction into hip hop. But like, so like what would yours mm. have been like, you know, like what kind of Whenever I think about it, to- yeah, whenever I think about it, like top of my mind, like I, I always go to like my interaction with this one homie in school, like grade three, grade, grade, grade four, grade three or grade four, because being an immigrant, I'm the oldest in my family. Uh, my parents weren't trying to buy hip hop music and stuff like that, right? And you're not working, so like I didn't have any older brothers or older siblings showing me this stuff. But at school, there was one cat who had an older brother, and you know we used to do things like skate and play basketball and stuff too. And I think one day, like he, it's either we we did it together or he brought it. I'm just trying to remember, but like long story short, he introduced me to. The 36 Chambers by Wu-Tang Clan into the 36 Chambers. And that shit changed everything. Because that shit right there was like, what the fuck is this? Because it had a lot of like raw elements. But like at the time, like everyone's listening to grunge, alter- like alternative rock. And all the radio stations in Fort Mac, of course, is that. And they, they still are. I could turn on the radio right now. They're playing the same music. I'm like, what the fuck? Am I in the time warp? What the fuck's going on? But um, <laughs> that like energy... Wu-Tang, like, was able to give you this, like, raw element, and I'm like, yo, like, I've heard hip-hop, like, I've flipped through channels late at night, and, you know, whether, this is before Rap City and stuff, but you can hear 
small portions of it, but you never got to like actually really experience what was happening. But it was from that cassette tape playing that back to front, front to back that I was like, this is my shit. I don't know what the fuck this is, but this is my shit. And from there, I ended up meeting another homie. Um, I don't even know how we met exactly, but in Fort Mac, there's not that many black people. So, you know, it was probably just like through like some kind of osmosis. It was just like, oh, black man. I see you. <laughs> and uh, he, his dad was like, he's, he's Jamaican and his dad was a selector. And when I met them, whoo, he had everything. They had every, every, every Wu-Tang member, but they had music all the way dating to like late 80s. And that's when I got the true introduction into like music and the sound of hip hop and like all the different varieties of hip hop. And, you know, now you're now I'm itching towards 96, 97 and Biggie drops hypnotized and all that kind of shit. So much music now. So but I think the initial was enter the 36 chambers by my by my white homie. Shout out to Dave Whittington. <laughs> that's dope, though. That's dope, though. That's a fun, mm-hmm. that's a good introduction into hip hop right there. Mm hmm. For Set the sure. tone, trust. <laughs> For me, it was uh, 8 Mile and rap battling with my sister with fake microphones. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's that's all good. Eminem's a good introduction into hip-hop, too, though. For oh, sure. He's That run? That run he had? Those are strange yeah. times, though. Rap battling my own sister, and I was like, your mom's weak. <laughs> he's like yo we got the same mom <laughs> true true <laughs> yo, true true were you uh you were in that clubhouse room the other day right when they were it was like i think ruben might have started about like calgary hip-hop and r&b and, like oh no i started i started that you started yeah. out? all right yeah because i i popped in yeah. for a little bit and i was listening it was interesting, like interesting mm-hmm. conversations going on in there. What do mm-hmm. like? I don't think I actually like had the opportunity to hear you speak in there though, because like by the time I hopped in, people were kind of going a little crazy, kind of talking over. Yeah, that a was. Lot. So I. So the first, out. the first time that we did, yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I was gonna ask though, like, um, what do you think? Like, what do you think Calgary needs to really like kind of push? like that hip-hop culture forward a little bit more and like kind of build and grow within our own city. The funny thing about that is like, that's the age old question, right? And every city is asking that. Funny enough, people are like, yo, Toronto's got to figure it out. And you talk to anyone that actually lives in Toronto, they're just like, yo, dog, we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have what we need here. Mm -hmm. And we're all looking at there like, yo, it's the golden city. The golden city's from here. Drake came out of the weekend. But outside of Drake, none of them live there, right? Like, they all live in L.A. And the, the thing about when you say hip-hop scene, people have to really start defining what that means. And does that mean that everywhere you go, there's, like, a hip-hop men's around the corner? Does it mean that there's record labels and distribution deals and agents and, and marketing people for you? Does it mean that you walk into the room and everybody in, in the city knows who you are? Like, what does hip-hop scene actually mean to you? If you want to pursue it from a, just a musical standpoint, though, it's about finding other creators on a consistent basis and creating dope shit on a consistent basis and building an audience for that dope shit on a consistent basis and then having a place where that audience can grow on a consistent basis. If that's if you want like that top level 
business strategy way of thinking about it. Like those are the things. It, it only it only comes from the dopeness. So the NBA didn't just get created because these business owners are like, let's build these stadiums and put two hoops in it. It took like this like slow progression of like, okay, there's two nets. Let's like set up these teams. And then it takes one star to be amazing. And people are like, yo, have you heard that guy? Like he jumps really high and he puts the ball in the hoop. And you're like, what? And over time, people want to see that in bigger numbers. And then more and more people want to go ahead and see that kind of stuff. And more and more people are now doing and emulating that. And then you have competition and now you have teams. So like it gets built up from people actually still just doing the work. So when you say hip hop scene, you still need people who are trying to pursue music for longer than six months or longer than a year or longer than their one SoundCloud drop or that that one opening slot. Like because they heard, you know, Bugsy from Two Towers is bringing in a show. So they're like, yo, we, we rap now. So it's just like, how do you create an ongoing scene? You got to create and, and allow consistency <coughs> to happen from the actual talent that's here. Again, top level. <laughs> Shit. I remember like junior, <laughs> junior high, junior high. There was a store called like a hundred percent legit on like 14th and 17th. And yeah. they would fil- they would film like music videos outside of there with like cars and stuff blocking off the streets, but you don't see that anymore. <laughs> so I feel like, like you said, there's times where it's like tried to take off and it just sputtered and then just dies for like a long period of time again. Yeah. I've, I've said this like behind closed doors, but Hey man, we're, we're all, we're all in the family right here. We're all in the mix right now. I say Calgary doesn't love hip hop. It loves hype. So when you're talking about that, that's that's with anything, when the flames, when the flames are doing good, everybody's a fan. When Mm -hmm. the stampedes around, everybody's a cowboy, you know, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) nothing, nothing ever sticks. Yeah. It's very hard to say that I love hip hop on on an ongoing basis, but you know, do you go to the do you go to the shows? Period. Do you do you spend ten dollars to do that on an ongoing basis so that thing can continue to go and, and build and, and create better opportunities for people? Or could you not be bothered and only wait for the big acts? Mm-hmm. Right. So those are those are part of the things, right? It's like if you love hip hop, do you go to the hip hop clothing store and buy a t shirt? Or do you just order it off Fashion Nova Man? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those things where it's like if you can't if you can't support it locally, <laughs> it can't grow. I I heard about the rompers guys. I know I know I know. <laughs> you know you just shit on like we told Corey to tone it down for this one. You know like half of those people in California. Bro, this isn't like, fashion over men. It's Bohu right men. <laughs> Listen, man. Like I'm 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 just being real. Like there's so many times like I get asked that question. So like you know so matter of fact and so like yo what's the solution and i'm like fam when was the last time you actually went to a local hip-hop anything Mm -hmm. right it it actually exists but if you're not even feeding into it you know it can't grow right and then someone from some tree even if they were still doing it you're not supporting it so now if it's just a matter of like yo where can i find it or how can i how can I put my money towards it? Cause I'm ready to do that now. Like that's a different conversation. But if you're just saying like, Hey, someone should create this amazing garden of the hip hop things. And I just want to be able to pop into it when I can and, and leave, then it's never going to be able to sustain itself. You know, our population size alone, if we want to get into the business and the economics of it all and what it takes to sustain stuff, you can look at the bigger cities and realize if you do research that they don't even have the thing that you think that they have, but it's just because it's not here. So people get that, um, you know, that, that travel syndrome, that destination syndrome of like, oh, well, it's there. And remember, hip-hop began in the Mecca. They began in New York. But there's now arguments 
between, you know, just different people in the music industry, at least on that side, that say, man, Atlanta might be the mecca of hip-hop now because they're generating the best artists out of the music industry on the hip-hop and R&B side and the, pro the production side, mm -hmm. and they have consistent amount of stars that come out of that area, whereas when you think of New York, you can't really think of, like, the next biggest artist since 50 Cent. You know, you can talk about, okay, well, yeah, maybe there was, like, um, you know, French Montana, maybe, you know, Pop Smoke was definitely going to be that, yeah. like, superstar, you know, but he had to bring a whole other genre, you know, I to, think, to the music industry, right? Be, I think it was going to be Bobby Schmurda until he got locked up, honestly. Schmurda had mad energy. Like, you can't, you can't deny any of that. And obviously the way that, like, even him coming out of jail was, like, such an Instagrammable moment where it was just, like, I, I posted the one video of the hat just, like, <laughs> searching through the atmosphere. <laughs> and then it, like, finds that he's coming out of jail and it goes to the earth. He's just, like, <laughs> Came so back like, to yeah. him like Thor's hammer, you know? Isn't ASAP Rocky out exactly. of New York? He is, yeah. but you, as you can even talk, if we're talking about music, ASAP has spent more time on the fashion side than he has yeah. on the music. He went full right? Cam Newton. Right? And he's <laughs> ill. He's ill as fuck. Like, yeah. What do you do with ASAP Mob? But you can, also, you can almost argue that like the, the, the decline of the amount of music coming out of there outside of ASAP Ferg is directly related to ASAP Yams. Like, ASAP Yams was so important to what that group was doing as a collective. Like, you can't undermine it. And, um, just even when you're working with different camps of people, like, you know, somebody is that guy, that voice of reason behind the scenes or someone piecing these things together. So outside of that, like, if you just look at like music production from a standpoint, like ASAP Rocky versus the people in his class, like how much, how much has he been doing since, you know, Not since much. he got, yeah. got onto the scene. Right. Like, and, uh, no slight to him because he's been dope. And he is somebody that is still one of those like beacons of light that everybody's like waiting to hear music from. So that's, an admiration like yeah, for people to want to listen from you it's still a big deal but um yeah like it's it's you have to look at atlanta atlanta pumps out a new artist every year that we're that we're on every single year there's a new producer coming out of there or zaytoven metro Boomin. these guys are all doing things that we're just like man like i can't wait for the next one mike will made it it's and then what uh hip boy's done this year or the past like two years now you're just like this is crazy so anyways like what can help sustain like this city or even grow this hip hop scene outside of COVID times or future COVID times is still about, you know, the actual talent that's here continuing to create from here and building an audience around that. Like that's the only way that it can grow. Cause once that audience is there now that audience is all looking at each other, like, Hey, where'd you get that? Hey, where'd you get that? And they're like, Oh, I got it from that store over there. And everybody goes to that store. And then that store can now bring in more stuff because more people are buying stuff. And then now all of a sudden you have a store that has dope stuff. And then that dope stuff creates another store because there's just not enough supply for the demand for that dope stuff. So now there's another store of dope stuff. And now people are looking at that other store for dope stuff. And then now you have people putting money into hip hop culture, but without people putting money into it, like it, it's never going to grow. And that's the whole thing where, um, it's not as hard as we think it is, but it literally is that hard because it also takes entrepreneurship. It takes somebody risking their own money to do it. People will always say, yo, man, Calgary just needs hip-hop radio. And I'm like, listen, bro, you're not the first person to think about that. It's just, do you have $2 million to set up a tower? 
Yeah. And then if you had $2 million, are you going to be willing to risk not making as much ad revenue because there's not that many companies who want to promote to the hip-hop audience because they think the hip-hop audience isn't their audience when really it is their audience, but they just think that it isn't their audience because they're racist. But I'm not going to go down that road. Anyways, how you guys doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say it'd be cool like, when we come out of this – when we come out the other side of this pandemic, if we had something like Lilac Festival, if like you and I don't know who else like involved like behind the scenes put something together like Lilac Festival that is like you can't avoid it. Whereas like, you know, if you do 10x at like the rec room for one night, people mm-hmm. have to choose to go there. Whereas if you shut down a street or a section of a street, people are bound to just wander into it. And if you did like one area, there's like a stage with like poetry slam or something like all aspects, right? Or like little like kiosk setups with like clothing or jewelry or something like a whole because 10x has like evolved to more than just like um ex, like i don't know like the showcase, highlighting showcase. showcasing yeah. hip-hop like when i check out your website it's about like the whole culture right so if there was something mm-hmm. like lilac festival that like promoted like the political aspects of like moving forward in that direction like poetry slam clothing food like different types of food like all that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. Like Lilac Festival or like, I don't know, Salsa Fest in uh, Marta Loop or whatever it is. Yeah, but even that yeah, thing's so gentrified as fuck. Salsa Festival is a joke. I don't care who <laughs> the it, fuck promotes that. It's a <laughs> joke. I stopped going to that shit. They took my people's culture and said, what the one? What the one? No, for real. Like, uh, everything you're saying is exactly the point, man. And like, that goes right back to what I said earlier, bro. That's the economics. Regardless yeah. of like the fact that people do or don't want that, it still takes somebody to say, okay, I'm going to leverage all my cash mm-hmm. and hope y'all show up. Yeah. Right? Because people can say that they love hip hop, but now it's going to be like, ah, but there's that Flames game. Yeah, but National Patio's popping tonight. Literally, that's people's, the situation that they go in. So I know what you mean. Like, yo, okay, what Tenetan's doing might be too small because it's it is just like a one night one little club that holds 300 or 500 people so if you made it 20 times bigger then everyone will show up but it's like you can't make that jump to 20 times bigger without that injection of cash from somewhere but that's yeah. the whole thing about canada too where it's like man you gotta go bigger you gotta go home right because what we've been doing for nine years is like i could sit here and argue till i'm blue in the face with someone like hey i have been doing stuff but it's not big enough, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like that's cool, bro, and like I'm cool with that because I I look at the world too. Like if it's not on the map of like a guy like Diddy, then we're not doing enough. So as cool as like things that we've been doing has been awesome, and it's had it has got artists started in their careers, and it is actually a nationally known like uh, entity and organization. You know, it could be ten times bigger, it could be twenty times bigger, and the the things that we want to do, of course, we have on the table. Like yo, let's do a massive festival like that's for sure on on the docket but it takes us like getting there and actually COVID has helped because now i'm out getting these little mini shows and doing these little mini shows every week and i've had time to like plan some of this like next level stuff and that's why when you talked about the room that i'm in right now like that's part of that having an actual like brick and mortar place where you can actually come and be like oh okay so this is this is what you guys are doing with hip-hop culture right this is a place that i can at least start with this and now if you are someone that's interested in the craft of it, you can actually start here. Um, and inside this place, there's a bunch of different things. So we have a recording studio in here. 
we have like a photo podcast area that's over there. It also doubles as like a photo production studio. So if you want to come in here and just like pick up a camera and start taking photos of people, or if you want to record a podcast, but then you turn the corner, we actually have a theater in here as well. And it fits 80 people. So inside that theater is going to be discussion panels for education purposes. Going to do open mic nights. We're going to do these things where people and artists can drop their actual music video and fight their friends and do a music video release. They can do CD releases and it's also a rehearsal space. So now from like the creation standpoint, what if we do have the next Drake in the city? Yeah, like, yeah. If they get started here yeah. and they start creating some of this shit, now we're able to at least like help that like one talent be dope. Whether that's like you referred to basketball, it becomes like a dope dunker. Now we're like, okay, hey guys, look at this. This is the product that we have. Now what can we do with this? Yeah. And around some of that talent, we can create and then we team up with someone like Two Towers and we bring in like a dope fucking headline artist and then we create that one week or that one day block shutdown show and now you leverage both your local talent, the biggest talents in the world and then your city just like being hyped up on what? The hype of it. Not the fact that they love hip hop, yeah. but the fact that the whole block is shut down. Yeah. Right? Man. So it's like, it's like, and I, take, I have, go take your Instagram I, photo and then fuck off. Exactly. I gotta do all that shit at the same time though, right? Like, remember, if there was more people doing this, we would be there faster. But I'm literally having to create all of these entities, you know, outside of like doing the show specifically. That's why I love working with Bugsy, love working with everything what Two Towers has been doing, right? Because, you know, he recognizes the component of the community and just even being able to attach it, to, to attach the two together. So that's just, again, leveraging both things that we're working on to create something that's doper. But still, there needs to be more because it's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of cash, right? And the city, if you worked at the city and you're like, yo, what's a good way to get people out and do something dope? Like, holler at your boy. That's what I would definitely be able to do. But a lot of those guys don't give a fuck about the growth of a, or the density of a city. And that's why you have these urban sprawls of Calgary. That's why you have there's no downtown density. And when you don't have density, you don't even have you know, money going into the economy. We don't have money going into the economy. People don't want to spend on it. And like the backwards thing of 17th Ave, if you want to talk about Red Mile and just 17th, is that they overpriced that place so hard that unless you're a box store or a franchise, you can't survive on 17th Ave. So that's why we don't even have like dope little like local bodegas and shops that are just culture based because they're, they're outpriced. So that's why you have like Bell Mobility and Rogers and fucking like Shoppers Drug Mart. And you're like, yo, sweet, sweet vibes, bro. Like, (laughs) that's not that's not culture. That's not like, you know, I want to go downtown to be seen. And now you have restaurants in like that little like three block radius. But that's it. Like that's it's tough to even survive on Seventeenth Ave outside of that three those three blocks. So no, but those restaurants like I'm going on a ride. Seventeenth has kind of turned into like Seventeenth has kind of turned into like that sidebar that pops up when you're like trying to WebMD like what's on your arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's like oh yo, let's go check that out. It's just like uh, I guess like where are you gonna park? I don't fucking know. But no, you <laughs> does anyone know what this is? You're justified in going on that rant though. Like I remember like going out and trying to promote some of these two tower shows like i don't even know why like one love festival the one year was such a struggle just to even get people to like take the flyer i'm like man like you think about the artists that you think about the artists that bugsy brought in the first the first one love and like that i wasn't i wasn't working with bugsy on the first one love i just went as like a fan i'm like man this guy had yeah. 
This guy had MGK, he had Wale, he had Raekwon, he had Nas, he had J. Cole. J. Cole. And, and Travis Scott <laughs> yeah. and Travis Scott was on that bill too, but Travis Scott pulled out because his album yeah. dropped, like, uh, Rodeo dropped uh, the same day, so he, he, you know, he was doing his album release, but, like, you look at, like, that lineup, mm. and I was able to get my ticket last second. I'm like, yo, that's a lineup I shouldn't be able to get a ticket to last minute. In my mind, especially like in 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 Calgary, especially with Nas, like, especially oh, when you have hip-hop. especially when you have Nas on the bill. Like <laughs> I look at it as like a as a hip hop fan, like you know, like yeah, Jay, like J Cole's my favorite rapper, like he's dope. But like when you have like a legend like Nas and like Raekwon at the same show together, yeah. I shouldn't be able to last second be mm-hmm. able to buy a ticket for that. And then even later, like the third one when Lauren Hill was coming, I'm like, yo. I'm yeah, so surprised people mention. weren't running to go buy tickets to go see Lauren Hill live. Like, I don't think people realize how rare it is to catch her in that moment where she's gonna be performing live for people. And it's like you said, you know, catch, I think the craziest thing about that tough. is I was doing security for that show. I was doing security for that show, and Keita came up to me and he's like, "I'm sorry for the night you're about to experience." And I was like, "What's happening?" And he's like, "Migos said they're not coming." And that's literally the only reason everybody who was at the show, even with like hundreds, if not thousands of free tickets given out, showed up was to see Migos for like one track. Yeah, which is like ridiculous, man. Word spreads through the crowd that Migos isn't coming. And like, we didn't even have to do our job. Like people were leaving willingly. (laughs) Bro, which was ridiculous because... And that's that's, that's the point, man. It's ridiculous because in the same breath, like, yeah, like the Migos are coming at the time. Like Bad and Bougie was like the biggest song out but, but anderson pack was that's still what, there. that's what i was yeah. gonna say like you yeah. still had anderson pack who's a better musician than mm-hmm. any of those three guys put together you had lauren hill mm-hmm. who and you had wale i'd rather see those three people mm-hmm. before i go and pay pay money to go see the migos but like it's like mm-hmm. ben it's like benny said man it's it's the hype it, calgary's all about the hype so yeah Bugsy had to put Migos as the headliner, otherwise he knew he wasn't going to sell tickets. Yeah, which is sad because it's mm-hmm. like you know if you're if you're actually like a fan of music and like a fan of like it doesn't even, it's not even a hip hop thing. Like if you're a, a fan of music and artistry in general, you sh- like you should mm-hmm. understand what an artist like Lauryn Hill means to just the landscape of what music is. You should understand who mm-hmm. Anderson Pack is, but like. You know, it's like you said, like, Calgary's, like, all about the hype. Like, oh, like, if the hypest artist, if the dopest artist isn't coming out, I don't, I'm not necessarily about to go pay this money to go see the, see these people. Like, a lot of times we had to, like, a lot of times we got people to come out to the shows by giveaways. It's like, fuck, man, I shouldn't have to do a, I shouldn't have to do a giveaway for you to come see Lauryn (laughs) Hill. Like, that doesn't correlate to me. I almost feel like because Alberta kept the carbon tax, on fuel. <laughs> there needs to be like there needs to be like Benny needs to write a letter to Nenshi or like whoever the powers may be and make like a whack tax. So like anybody <laughs> in Calgary who like streams anybody in Calgary who streams like Morgan Whalen or like goes to the store and buys like a jewel 
or like anything, there's like a tax on that. <laughs> and then that goes that goes towards like promoting hip hop in Calgary. Yo, I fucking you go to Lamley's. You go to Lamley's and spend a hundred bucks. Now it's hundred and fifty bucks because of the whack tax. Whack tax, doggy. Yo, uh, we, we, we might have to film a video skit behind that. You're gonna have to be in it, of course, because right, the whack yeah. tax is your idea. But yo, that's I, the yeah, and best I'm white, idea. So, yeah. The whack tax. <laughs> whack tax. Like y'all want hip hop? Painted a whack Yo, tax. You want to go smash two dollar beers at Cowboys on Thursday? Now it's six dollars because of the whack tax. Whack tax. Now are we going to national for the fourth time this week? Whack, whack tax. tax. Yeah. Like, I love it. I love Actually, it. Though. Got a thing. We got a yeah. thing here. But um, yeah, that, that's honestly it. Like here, if we want to, like, also just like take a step back, and let's not act all like crazy high and mighty about the niche of hip hop because Lauren Hill hasn't released an album in eighteen years. Okay, it's all good. So you can't blame people for just wanting to hear Migos because Bad and Boozy was fire. It's a fire cut still. Um, we can't get mad at people for not wanting to spend their hard-earned money on stuff that they're maybe not interested in because the hype's not there. Okay, cool. But now also from that standpoint, it's also like you have to do this extra, extra work of just even telling them that anything outside of going to the same local pub that you're doing your stuff for is going to be worth your walk, your time. Like you have people that don't even want to step outside the box to, to allow new things to like find roots and find ground. So, you know, you were talking about the sun and salsa festival. Like, yo, that, that shit was trash. It doesn't even exist anymore because it couldn't even sustain itself. Exactly. Because people are like, yo, that's, that's trash dog. <laughs> like I'm not going to that. Um, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things where like, how can we create and bring new things when, you know, you can bring the top artists in the world and people are just like, who's all going? Yeah, <laughs> it's just exactly. like, Lauren Hill's going. What do you mean? <laughs> like, ah, cool. Like, yo, I was, we, National. we played a flag, we played <laughs> a flag football game and Bugsy sat down and told us to line up. I was like, bro, Lauren Hill, like, you know, you got Lauren Hill mm -hmm. to come, to come to Calgary. I was like, man, that's nuts. Like I was, mm -hmm. I was so hyped because, like I said, that was like my, that was like Fuji's was like my introduction, right? I'm like, yo, I get to go see Lauren Hill. Yeah. And then the people, and what pissed me yeah. off was the people I was with. They're like, yo, you trying to leave? I was like, bro, Lauren Hill's on stage right now. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> no, I'm not trying yeah. to leave, right? Yeah. I, I almost feel like Calgary needs conversion therapy. So like, <laughs> <laughs> so like we sell out. 10X presents Morgan Whalen at fucking wherever. They show up as Waka Flocka, and you cannot leave. Like, all of a sudden, there's just like 20 people like barricading the door, and they're like, "Listen, <laughs> you will like this." Those are those are two of the most legit ideas I've heard in less than 20 minutes in my life. Benny, you might have to link up with Andrew. Do exactly that. You might have to link up with Andrew. Serious man. Oh, you guys ain't no fucking Garth Brooks is here. Let's go. That's my shit. <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah, ASAP Ferg, ASAP Ferg, and a like old eighty-year-old lady in a wheelchair's face, and she's like vibrating, like she's having a seizure. Like, oh my god! <laughs> fucking like honestly, bro. Because like when we have these opportunities, like you know, people will bring out people that haven't had a record in, in thirty years, but. I just like, yeah, man, I just, it is, there is that combination of conversion <laughs> therapy, meeting, like, just be open-minded, and I don't know how yeah. 
you you can like convince an entire you know city to do that outside of just like continuing to do dope shit and that's the hardest part man calgary says it wants one thing but completely acts the opposite of that they don't they don't want to do anything at all but the yeah. fact that you know the numbers for one love weren't what they could be or what they should be was also a part of that and that's not about airing out any like numbers and stuff like that but it's like when you looked around left to right your eye test told you like how come there's not ten thousand more people in here yeah like why come the people from fort mac and edmonton aren't down here mm -hmm. and you could talk about you know marketing aside it's just people like you said were walking away in line when they heard the meagles weren't coming it's like do, do you guys really love hip-hop or you just love the hype <coughs> and that's the hard part about it and that comes back down to market size so you can have a body of people you can say that calgary has 1.2 million people but out of that 1.2 million people what is the market for actual niche hip-hop mm -hmm. then what's the market for hype and if you put those two little graphs side by side, I'm sure it's not going to be impressive. <laughs> so, you know, there's people on the, on the, again, the music industry side, they're like, man, to be honest, I think our, our hip hop niche might be like 3000 people. And that might be, that might go up to 10,000 people. If you're talking about people who would, who would tune in online, like, yeah, I'll tune in if it's free, like yeah. they'll, they'll press play on it. Yeah. And then everybody else is just like, well, is there, who else is going to be there? Mm -hmm. Right. And like, I think everybody will listen to a Drake song or something by the weekend or Justin Bieber. Like they'll listen to it. They'll stream it. They'll do those things. But will they actively go out of their way and spend time or money on it? That's when you're looking at the 10,000 or the 3000 people. So it's tough because you're like, it doesn't even make sense. You're like, well, what the, what do you mean? Like 1.2 million. Then you got to think 1.2 million. Sure. But not between the ages of 18 and 40. Okay. So what's that number? I don't fucking know. <laughs> and then you got to look at between the 18 to 40 who likes hip hop just in a room of 10 people. You can assume who likes hockey, who likes football, who likes basketball, who likes hip hop, who likes yeah. rock, who looks metal. Like you can already be like, well, it's probably only three of us. Seven of us probably like that rap song, but probably only three of us are going to spend money to leave and go watch Big Sean. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Do you so, think that's okay. sorry for the math guys, but yeah, that's no, like no, literally no, how you yeah. look at no, it. It's good to break yeah. it down no, like, like that though. Yeah. No, in Calgary, you keep talking about the hype. And I think I listen to a few podcasts. I do a few readings, especially just because of like Corey and Andrew can tell, you know, like with the hip hop and with R&B, we're super into it. We're always talking about different music. Do you think that part of the hype is because Calgary has been able to take that and sort of take the culture out of it by gentrifying it and taking that hype and taking the hip hop and rap and using it for commercials, using it to sell, using it to really... Um, like big up their product but always taking the culture out of it right basically trying to spin it in like a like let's let's not play around like in a white way i mean benny you were right. in a commercial uh, <laughs> but like even oh, even you couple, mentioned yeah. justin bieber even his new album that just dropped justice and then he dropped the deluxe version like i did you listen to that album i can't i bro Oh, I, I don't even want I don't even want to go off on that right now. Even but like, even, it was even the features like even like the features that he had for his deluxe album. I'm like it's it's yeah, so he ridiculous. The, he because got for the baby, so long he you've been saying Uzi. you want to be a rapper. You were hanging around rapper friends and all this shit, and then you drop this fucking Aaron Carter looking album cover <laughs> in the middle of a fucking tunnel. <laughs> Showing your whack ass fucking tattoos. Sorry, Corey. I know this is hurting your heart because you're a no, no, no. But 
You know, I just listen. The the Biebs, the Biebs is dope. The Biebs is dope. And here's the thing: as the biggest white pop star on the planet, in so many different ways, like I appreciate him using his platform to inject blackness in front of his fellow his fellow main audience. His fellow whites. That that all said, like he literally had like these like thirteen songs laced out. Starting with a Martin Luther King introduction, mm-hmm. and then the Martin Luther King speech as an interlude. Yeah, and the whole album about his wife. <laughs> My guys, it has fucking nothing to do with Martin Luther King, Black Plight, civil rights, yeah, like, none of that shit. He wasn't so I'm like the album. I'm like, yo, yeah, it was fucked up, bro. The album's called Justice. And yeah, nothing's like the about channel justice. Am I? <laughs> like I'm like tuned into like somebody's radio broadcast. I was like, is that that's my, my that's my Bluetooth, right? And I'm like, he's got Martin Luther King on here. I was like, okay, bet next song. Let's fucking get into it, man. You probably got some gritty, grimy shit about to go down. Okay, Bieber about to flip it up. And it was like on some like about his wife. And I was like, bro, what the fuck was that for? You can't just like place it in. Yeah, Martin Luther King. And then go right the way, right back to like Broadway, pop star, whatever music. And that's like I, I appreciate the effort to want to highlight what's going on right now with with the civil rights issues. And when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, because li- people literally don't even believe that it does matter, so he has to say something about it to his audience because he knows he has at least pull. I actually give him props because, to be honest, our guy is Drake. That's our guy. That's our Canadian man's whatever hip-hop aficionado what he just did with the last ep was great but he hasn't said a damn word about civil rights period Mm -hmm. for his own stardom of it and to be honest like you know politically not everybody feels comfortable speaking about it and i get that too um but he hasn't used this platform to talk about it at all so for justin to go out there and put martin luther king on his album twice respect respect but it's also just like there should have what been some the context. fuck is this, bro? Can you give me a Martin Luther King like song like a or a reason yeah. that you're putting it on here? Yeah. <laughs> Something. If it's in the credits or we're gonna see it in the vlog later, I'll, maybe I'll shut up. But until then, I was a little, I was a little perturbed by the approach, my man. A little, a little perturbed. Yeah. But I appreciate you. <laughs> well, I think. I think some of the reason too, right, is because Calgary struggles to let go of their conservative roots and values or whatever, but we can adapt. Like how we're shifting from like gas to electric and solar power. We're trying to make the Calgary sport, the national sport, rodeo. You can adapt that. Like if we had a hip hop festival, you can do Jamaican (laughs) club daggering. It's the same shit. It's it's it it is still a few things. Like I mean, going back to what Herbie was saying, like Bro, and, and, this guy and said you as well. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> 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 it's, if you, you want to go, I got taken to some like some 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 hall parties that like, that go that go that go off. They go off. Um, but it's like, man. There's so many, there's so many components. I don't think we gentrify. I think when we got to Bieber, it was like the industry of music gentrifies hip hop. You know, you, you don't, you don't get it in like some kind of like pure, like unadulterated, like way 
in so many unless you're like Atlantic and Atlanta and Magic City, right? <laughs> uh, but um, like there's there's these things, and I mean obviously like real festivals and, and real wholesome content as well. I'm not just talking about strip joints, <laughs> but um, there's like this thing where clubs. You can talk about the clubs. Clubs definitely do that. You know, clubs that are playing music of black artists, but they have problem with blacks coming into their club. That's that's an issue. Like if you literally see a group of four or more people that are black and you have an issue with that, that's part of the gentrification of saying like, no, 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 we're going to play that music. No, 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 that Drizzy boy, oh, we're going to play that. But y'all looking a little too dark out here. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. And then they ho- they hold those people aside and then let five white dudes in wearing all black with the cautions and the white hat and the samurai sword tucked in their belt and it's like yeah you're you know go in. you know what you know what I'm saying yeah. happy stabbing right? so and then they're the ones in there also walking in with the pills that they're selling to people yeah. so that these guys aren't actually buying any alcohol yeah. but at the same time reducing your cost and then you're still looking at the people outside who are driving the culture and gonna create the TikTok videos and the Instagram moments for you to actually have more promotion you're gonna leave them outside bet these are the things that do happen and they do continue and that's why it goes back to that like economics the entrepreneurship people taking those risks to like be like no i'm going to create a club that people can actually be themselves in and we're not going to judge them for those things and you keep those going but it's like the money is is it it's so crazy to think like no nah, man the culture's just got to be the culture and i'm like guys like there's like the imagination of it then there's the economics of it and even when you said that there was free tickets to watch a show yeah. with fucking some of hip hop's icons all time, people were like, "No Migos." Yeah, we. Shorty's not going to be there now. Yeah, ah, let's get the fuck out of here, right? Like that's <laughs> the craziest thing, and it has nothing to do with like anything else other than people loving the hype or the economics making some of these things happen more consistently, so that they can get indoctrinated to like the idea like you know what maybe i don't gotta know all the artists maybe i don't like maybe i can just go there and and be whatever and everybody plays their part in it you know whether it is that that club whether it is like the radio not having a good representation of it here um it is like not not even 100 legits on the street doing like cool shows and music videos outside like it's it's all that stuff in tandem now makes you be like if you talk to someone from brighter side like hey You've gone to a hip hop show recently? They're just like, I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> when like one love, one love was how the one love festival was how I found out about Jazz Cartier. Yeah. Now he's like, but even with, even with Kuzi, right? He hasn't like rotation. Um, he hasn't dropped music in the past three years. Yeah. yeah. No, right? it's true. But like without one love festival, I would have never listened to his that, stuff. Right? Exactly. Right, and that's the whole thing of introducing you to just music in general, just because you love music if you want to say hip-hop culture like you got to be willing to to just like be introduced to it and, and stay within that pocket and also want to invest in it and without that investment like that individual investment like i always have these long-winded answers for it is always like bro like and it's almost like a question back of like when was the last time you invested into it mm-hmm. that's why it doesn't exist yeah. so if you're not going to a one love to see jazz party if you're not coming to a 10 at 10 showcase to see the local town that's actually doing some things to see a ruben young who's on his way out or a cartel madras like if you're not seeing these things how can you possibly say the hip-hop scene here doesn't exist and you're not even helping nurture it right so it's like that yeah. own like individual like you know responsibility to say like nah man like i, I put like 100 bucks into that industry every single month so and that's like that, that could yeah. be a hard thing to do 
obviously, but if everyone was doing their part, now people are more willing to take risks on it. I'm going to open a clothing store because I see mad people loving hip hop this way. Blah, 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 right? So let's, let's get the real question. Um, do you do you support Transit? Do you think he helps he helps the hip hop culture in Calgary? <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, he does. No, he to be honest, he does. Like, okay. I mean, regardless of like if you love his music yeah. or not, like as like an artist, <clears throat> Transit is actually super responsible for like dozens of kids starting their music career and getting to record music. Mm-hmm. He used to work at the Boys and Girls Club, and he got to record kids that were anywhere from like just I think it was like twenty four and younger, and he would record their music for free. So now imagine you're in high school. Some of you pick up a baseball bat. Some of you run track. Some of you play basketball or football. Some of these kids just wanted to make music. And they got a chance to go to Boys and Girls Club and record for free. He was the one doing that. He put me in touch with a lot of like young artists. So like I'm always going to give Transit his props on that. Because he actually genuinely has helped create hip-hop artists out of this city. So regardless I never if you like that, his music. So I'll give respect yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. As long, if you don't like his music individually, that's all good. And everybody has the right to not like someone's music. Yeah. That's just that's your God given right, yeah. period. So but and if you want to listen to that or not, that's totally up to you. But it's like someone cannot like your music, that's fine. But what's who you are as a person, big respect, big up, definitely. All day. Andrew actually uh one thing uh, I will wanna rewind on I wanna rewind on is we were talking before about like the Black Lives mo- movement. Um and like with Calgary, how much we've like just shat on them for like accepting the culture and like trying to push it forward. It's like one thing I will say is Calgary was really responsive to the movement. I think during that time, whether that was hype or not, I don't know. Because like business as usual again today, right? Obviously, but I don't know what uh, 10X like was involved with that or if you want to touch on that at all during the pandemic, especially it was a very strange time. And I just don't know if you want to elaborate on. I saw Ruben did a speech um, and stuff like that. But yeah, like the biggest thing about that is that was the biggest civil rights movement in the world up up until this one that's going on in India right now. It was the biggest civil rights for the farmers. Yeah, um, just yeah. And, it, and that's just by sheer amount of number. Yeah. Like <clears throat> India is dealing with billions of people, so like you're like yo, yeah. they have one protest and you're just like, god damn. But um. <laughs> that all said, like literally, people were finally just like, "What's been happening?" It's like, fam, you called me, you called me nigger <laughs> last week. Are you dumb? Like, this is for real. Like, this is a real thing. And the whole thing about it is, it's it's put in to how we go about our day to day so much that you don't even think you're doing things that are out of pocket. So the protests and the marches help people finally just be for the first time, like checking themselves like oh shit like am i am i out of pocket let me ask my black staff member we don't have any okay um uh ruth make sure we do some interviews next week so these are like the things that like the protests definitely allow calgary to check itself because then they start to realize fuck we haven't done anything for black people at all maybe that okay and all these protests let's we better black square it because i'm not trying to be this way like let me just put it out there and the whole world, I think, did something in, in that moment, in those moments, and, and a lot since. And, like, anything, you know, energy fades, you know, behind, like, that intensity of that moment. You saw influencers go completely dark <laughs> for months on end, then they just pop back on and start shooting in their in their fashion suits again. <laughs> we back, baby! It's just like... <laughs> they are Tulum. <laughs> what? what? So, yeah, so it's like... I think that Calgary responded because they responded just like anyone else responded. But I think they also recognized their extreme whiteness 
in in those moments like oh like i can't even fake it like let's delete some of our old posts like <laughs> because we don't have any black people in here so let's just like you know try to post some new ones with black people in it yeah. awesome <laughs> right so it definitely allowed the conservatism and you know those businesses that were strictly white based and focused to like take a look at themselves before their audience was doing it for them and it gave people uh, at least from my side to be like the opportunity to start speaking on it like hey i can i can call you all comfortably right now so let me go do that because yeah you've made my life a living hell actually yeah for real for real this isn't a joke like literally i came to your club a year ago but I haven't gone in a year because you didn't allow me to come in or, you know, so on, et cetera. And not even me per se, because obviously what I do, it's um, in a different thing, but like, it's more so for people just on the regular and in general. And if I go into a mall or go into a store, yeah, people are going to act a certain way towards you regardless. Right. And some people to this day, like even, you know, 10 months, 11 months since the protests didn't really check in. On social media and stuff they didn't really like read these posts they didn't really get involved or like re uh, see a ruben speech to like have their own connection to it so they're kind of just like all right well whatever like nothing's going on here like at least that doesn't happen in canada <laughs> you're just like bro what is, what is wrong with you man like you just haven't been when paying like, attention right i think that's the thing is like at the time even i was ignorant to it right because the mm -hmm. protests in calgary i was like mm -hmm. like i understand in other places i didn't say the movement was like didn't make sense but in calgary to me mm -hmm. i was like there's other things that we don't protest about like you know like we have homeless people like littering the street that like nobody gives a shit about stuff like that but it's like at the same time am i doing anything to help mm -hmm. that and i mean right and, and, and that's fair it's a fair thing because life is not easy for anybody right and i think when you look at it as like marginalized groups or like that's cool that you got a problem, but I got a problem too. It's like, that's not how we progress. <laughs> it's empathy. It's like, yeah, you, got a, exactly. you, you got a problem. Oh, what is it? Mm -hmm. How can, how can we help this problem? Is there anything that I can do to help this problem? Because I wasn't aware of the problem. Not that I'm aware of the problem. I can help address the problem. That's the conversation that needs to be had right now. It's just like, Oh, you got a problem. That's cool. I got a problem too. And it's just like, bro, <laughs> what happened in the States is just allowing us all to be collectively pissed the fuck off. But what's been happening is everywhere. It's been yeah. happening here. It wasn't well, someone getting like, stomped. Here, maybe, <laughs> here was... maybe it's more subtle or whatever, right? So for the average person who doesn't like dive deep into it, you're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I, I America. Get, like, whatever, right? Like when you see like America compared to here, like what they show on the news anyways, is mm -hmm. like, what are you talking yeah. about? We have a problem? But then when you yeah. talk to somebody like you or Herbie or Corey or somebody like when you're beside, like even when I was in Pittsburgh with Herbie and <laughs> I saw like the racism he even experienced, uh, like, you know, mm -hmm. there's like 30 people left after a football game and they're telling me and Herbie, we need to go. And I was like, but what about those 30 people? Like, we'll go, mm -hmm. but why aren't mm -hmm. you ushering them out of the stadium? And I look over and it's yeah. like 30 white people, right? And I'm like, yeah. why, why is there such an urgency for us to leave? Like, why isn't, like, you know, we paid like, almost a thousand mm -hmm. bucks for these tickets each mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. you're treating us like the help like we need to get the fuck on or whatever right but 
Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's it's a thing. I'm glad that at least people were, were able to like find themselves in it too, like check themselves. Yeah. I, I, I had a bunch of homies, whether they were Asian, they were Aboriginal, whatever. Be like, I did not know. But here, guess what? Now as like things are happening mm-hmm. with the Aboriginal community, um, in different communities, you're just like, mm-hmm. shit, I didn't know. Like you, you find out people are now. That's one really good thing about the pandemic is like with the rat race of life. If there was no pandemic. I don't think any of this would have happened to the scale it did. No, but because everybody's been forced to take a seat and just like reflect on like their life or their job or like whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's really been a, a growing period. I think you know it's making That's people facts. realize how much ignorance society has on a general basis. Yeah, for sure. And regardless of those things, kind of like still get like put to the wayside at some point because of just again the rat race in general. At least you know conversations have have happened, have started, and that's where people need to at least just go is just start. Because right now, man, you have these like Black History Month news articles or interviews and stuff, and it's a lot of what you just said, man. It's uh, so do you think that there's racism in Canada? It's like crap. Can we get past this part yeah. of the conversation? Yes, it exists. Yeah. So now let's start here. It exists. What can we do? Or what is what else is happening? It's not just can you elaborate on how it happens in Canada? Yeah. Read a book. Yeah. Then let's start the conversation over here. Right? So that's shout out to like Desmond Cole, who has like an amazing book on all that kind of shit. Because Canada Canada, like America, everyone's if you understand American like culture and stuff, it's very in your face. It's just like, I don't like you, person with darker skin than me. Canada is just like, that's crazy. I would never say such a thing. <laughs> Sniper from a window, like, yo, fuck that guy. He's got dark skin. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. In America, yeah. it's like they got a gun to your face. You're like, oh, you're racist. Bet. Okay, cool. I'm going to stay away from you. Canada is just like, yeah. I would never. Yeah, don't let those guys in. Yeah, there's, yeah, no, there's too many of them. They look a certain way. Nah, it's cool. I'll never talk about the face. No, of course not. Which is so funny because like what you said before about letting the Lacoste clad guys in, people like that, the people that are so quick to be let in places, they're usually the first people to start (laughs) shit. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) My guy! I'm 100%. People that think they're... One of my biggest issues with anybody in society is people that think they're better than anybody for any reason. And... It's you can always tell by that attitude that they're going to cause a problem yeah. because of that. Not the people it's that just want to come in to hang out and yeah. chill like everyone else. There's a lot of us that want to like. We already feel like we have a high profile, so we don't. We're not trying to go into a situation and and be fucking um, the center of attention or center of a problem. And sometimes we can't help ourselves if someone's like trying to like put stuff in our face. But going off what you said, it's like you could go to ranchmen's or cowboys on any given night, and who's causing the fights? It's not the black guys. It's fucking it's Nathan <laughs> and fucking Ernie over there just getting sloshed uh, off Mike's hard lemonade and draft shots, and they're fucking fighting outside and peeking in the bathroom, yeah. and they got kicked out, yeah. but they're back exactly. next week. Guest list. <laughs> so, like. You can't really be, it's just like, it's a funny, it's a funny thing about what's allowed and how things, you know, have like, you know, over time been so like skewed, but it's like, it's got to start with the conversation of like, Hey man, what's actually happening here? 
like if we can just like have a conversation that it does exist it does happen here and you do that across the board like okay there is things that are here now what can you do about them then at least like we're in a better place you know versus not even acknowledging these things and that that is that goes on to the side of hip-hop that goes on to the side of black lives that goes on the side of just being a person of color or just being anything that's not conservative in alberta in calgary when like how you mentioned how you mentioned before with like the the black squares with influencers mm-hmm. i think that was like almost counterproductive right because like um i follow this page equal justice initiative and mm-hmm. i think like if those same influencers like posted facts or something that could like make people open their eyes a little bit more instead of just mm-hmm. like oh posting a black square is super easy you know cuz now it's like one week it's black square and the next it's is this black square or is this a close up on my butthole? <laughs> Swipe up to find out on my OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. Jesus fuck. It's, it is like it's, it, 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 my guy, the, the hot takes, the hot takes coming at you. Um, that's all he is, is like, hot takes. <laughs> hot yeah. takes, not stop. The thing that I think is like very important is very much like it's, it was the Justin Bieber stuff I was just talking about. Like, I actually appreciate you took the time to utilize your platform and put them on. Thank you for putting people on. But now that you've put people on and you've opened the door, you now have a responsibility to open the door to, to actual something now. You've opened the door. like <clears throat> So thank you for opening it, but don't just open it to anything random. You have to literally be like, shit, um, what am I looking at here? And if you just have a black square that doesn't say anything, you don't say anything yeah. about that black square, then it's like, uh, you have an error on your Instagram page versus like, hey, guys, take a moment to find out about what's been going on, the injustices that happened even within your own family. Have a discussion. Come back. Talk to me. Let's get it. Oh, that's sick. Versus mm-hmm. I better put this up. Otherwise, people are going to think I'm racist. Yeah. And fuck that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you <laughs> you got <laughs> to put in work instead of just doing something for show. Yeah, and that's you know that that was the, that was the unfortunate part of the moment, but I, I still do love the idea that people at least took that small step forward. And you could get mad at any way that people move. We're in a very reactionary society right now. Like you know, people are are, are hyper reacting to things, and you know, for better or worse, but. It has to start there too. It's just part of things shifting and transformation and, and all that kind of stuff, you know? So there's a lot of things that are being said now that can never have been said 20 years ago, right? And again, for better or worse, right? When you're talking about like parodies and, and hyperboles and stuff, like I don't think White Chicks goes off no. in 2021. Oh, no. no. <laughs> right? And that's just and that's just because of the sensitivity of the times. And there's other things in the past, right? If If... if Chappelle dropped Clayton Bigsby right now. I mean, <laughs> right. But at the yeah. same time, when he dropped Clayton Bigsby, it was also because like, you know, that's just, that's how fucking asinine things have been and how many uncle Tom's yeah. there were and shit like that. But, um, you, you'd still catch a lot of like people sensitive to, you know, how the delivery of it. So we're just going through a, a period in society that people are not wanting to hear things super raw because the process has started and you know know. yeah because it's it's easier to be ignorant you know what i mean like it's it's a lot easier for you to not know what's going on than it is to be confronted with 
confronted with it right in your face. Exactly. Like for, it's, it's even. I think for a long time, like especially you know, you think people people older than us who grew up in they didn't grow up in a digital age where you know they didn't see everything that was happening twenty four seven. You know, they didn't really know they didn't really know the full scope of what was going on. That's why mm -hmm. we're we're lucky, we're blessed as a generation where, you know, I can go on my phone and I'm gonna know what's happening in another part of the world or you know, just anywhere, like mm -hmm. right away. You know, we have it accessible to us and it like it was like Andrew said, you know, everybody kinda had to last year especially take a, st a step back and just reflect. You know, mm -hmm. what have I done in my life? Where have I been in my life? You know, have I have I had privilege? What does that privilege look like? And mm -hmm. I, I think the biggest the biggest thing f moving forward is, you know, kind of finding that that kind of middle ground where you know it's you got to realize it's okay to have those those difficult conversations. Like, don't be afraid of them. You know, be be open and willing to having that difficult conversation with somebody about you know racism and what it might look like mm -hmm. you know also you know figuring out how you can be an ally like you know how how can i be an ally to somebody who's when i see something happening that it, you know is is definitely terrible it's just mm -hmm. and then you also gotta and then you also gotta on the other side of it we have to be open and willing to allowing people to change their behavior mm -hmm. which i think is like a big i think it's a big thing too like you know, I definitely think there are a lot of people who who are willing to change, but you have to allow them allow them to change. You have to allow them to to grow. Yeah, we're all going you know through I mean? you know our our own cognitive dissonance right now. You know, as much as what's happening with Black Lives Matter again, if somebody talks to me about LGBTQ, I'm a little just but like I'm listening. Like I, I don't I yeah. do not I know the difference. You know, and when you're talking gender as well now and you're talking about trans lives bro like i gotta pull up a seat because I, I don't know much so you know that's where i have my empathy for people who haven't been paying attention to what's happened um on the black lives matter side right and that black lives matter is bigger than a catchphrase or bigger than some kind of what you think is a secretive organization leading everything it's no it's just literally a phrase and people have been able to monetize or mobilize that phrase but it's bigger than that phrase that phrase has happened since they killed our and made our, our our leaders martyrs and Martin Luther King. Like you can't say yo big up Martin Luther King and be like we also assassinated him. But big yeah. ups, right? So there's a lot of different things where yeah. right now I, I like I think an analogy can be like we've all walked around with body armor, and right now this body armor has been removed and like these words are actually radioactive, so we're we're, we're more sensitive to them now because our skin's exposed. So when someone says that thing, that thing, someone feels more uh, able or available to say something about it. That's why everyone's so sensitive on, on words and how you're phrasing things now. Like, oh my God, you can't say that. You can't say that. So everyone's just raw skin right now until we develop, you know, better protection to be like, okay, you know what? They're just learning or now they understand it. Now they aren't speaking out of pocket. But we, just, we have to go through that process, that cognitive dissonance of like, I, I haven't been paying attention to how systematically I'm racist or systematically I'm doing these things that I wasn't even aware of because it's so ingrained. And I forget, I think it's like the Willie Lynch uh, manifesto or something like that where they explain, it's like, Yo, if we do racism good enough, people aren't even going to realize that they're doing it, to paraphrase. 
he's like, it'll be so indoctrinated into the next generation that we won't have to even be saying anything. They won't even realize and recognize what we're doing. I think it's, oh man, what is it? I forget the name of the book, like to make a slave or something like that. It's the craziest thing. And it's just like, man, they legitimately, uh, in, in North America, were able to do that. But this all starts with colonialism, but we don't got time for all that guys. We don't got time for all that. But. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff, but. Well, I was just going to say, we could finish it out with two things. Uh, how have you and 10 at 10 adapted to the current climate being shut down and everything? Um, without the ability to do live shows and face-to-face events and how do you think you guys are going to come out the other side or like some kind of game plan moving forward? What does 10 at 10 look like? I, I, I alluded to it earlier, but for me, it's about creating this space. You know, you can talk about, oh my God, Calgary needs to be a scene. It needs to be a scene. But as you understood, literally the biggest artists in the world couldn't force people to show up. So what, what pandemics allowed me to do is step back from the show, step back from just presenting the show because not everybody's ready or cares to see the show. And I've doubled down on the idea of building the talent for any show. So when they're ready to go ahead and create or be seen by people, you know, at least that's someone else's responsibility to a, to a degree or whatever. And, and when we're, when we're ready to like help this talent find itself in, in a stronger way, we can create shows that help support them as well, you know? So it's like, it's us supporting them, supporting each other, supporting them as a whole. So that's how we've kind of like tried to pivot. Our pivot is let's, let's put time into actually creating more dope shit. And then as we create dope shit and audiences are allowed to come together again to see that dope shit, at least there's dope shit for them to see. So that's kind of what that's if you want to like look at it from that standpoint and in building out our space that's part of that that journey to say okay we have a place where these people can actually come and create and then at least we can have a little small audience for them you know and then down and hopefully in the future we can grow this exponentially so that people get to see them for one day or for a weekend or for a week you know over a big area or whatever like that but That's kind of how Ten at Ten has pivoted. Hopefully, it does. It's it's a good way of doing it. That also plus like media coverage. We've 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 dived into that as you spoke earlier about the website. Like we are trying to cover things and be a voice for just like the culture in general and the things that are happening. And we're slowly building that out as well. So like as much as our site is live, we haven't like fully put in people's faces. Like boom, boom, boom. This is this and this. Um, but yeah, just like keep it locked for that as far as like the media side. Um, which we've always kind of like touched on letting people know and putting people onto things because we have a large community online, but, you know, just getting more in the ground, building those stories and telling those stories while also building that, that talent. And so we're able to promote that talent again. And building off of that, and obviously it's been three years since you were quoted saying you were uh, in 2018, you're quoted at saying you're in step seven of 70. Do you think that that has (laughs) changed now? Do you think that you've like, how many steps have you checked off now? Do you think that now your number is higher for what you want to do personally and for the brand at 10 of 10? Because I feel like we've been hitting a lot of the showcase and a lot of like what you were saying with um, with how much you've branched out. Now you've got the studio. Now you've got like the podcast room with the photography. Um, you want to mm-hmm. like, build the talent and you got the auditorium, which I think is super dope. But mm-hmm. do you feel like you've added a few steps? Do you think that with your growth in the past three years, 
there's mo there's like this movement there. Like obviously, I'm guessing it's water, right? Like you're just water as far as it goes with with the growth. Ooh. That's a that's a fantastic question. That might be one of the best ten to ten questions in a minute. Um, to be honest, it's like that. Naturally, the pivot has sh shifted the steps, mm -hmm. um, but it's also advanced the steps. We're probably on step thirty now. Mm -hmm. If you if you want to look at some things, but there's also now maybe now like ninety eight steps now okay. because there's like a bunch of other things that we want to include and do that we've been allowed to do by just having this space now, but we haven't been able to even just press the start button. Like we've had people in here just on like a slow, like not even like a tester, but just more so by proximity of like, yo, where the fuck you at? I'm, I'm coming through. Yeah. So, you know, when we start this in the next like three weeks, it's going to be that like trial and error of what's going to work, what's not going to work and seeing like what people actually want. Cause as much, as much as you can say, we're bringing the Migos, mm -hmm. you're like, yo, everyone's going to come. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be like, if you build it, they will come. Nah, I'm gonna stay at home, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's that's the thing too, right? If you build it, they will come. Like that's a genuine, real thing too, because people don't even know what they don't know, and until you show them, they can't really like want it. So it's that supply and demand. But before before supply and demand, you have to create that like want, yeah. right? So um, I think in this whole like how things change or how many steps are real along, like we've definitely doubled up since that point in time. We've definitely created a lot of like back-end opportunities and doors and stuff but now we've kind of opened up even more vastness of what we can touch on and what we need to touch on and kind of how i was speaking to you guys about those different things how they all have to come together before you can even have that big street shut down yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a successful way because you can shut down the street but 100 people might show up yeah. <laughs> we, we saw it with the migos we saw it so there's no need to go waste money trying to do that again yeah. <laughs> real quickly and of course, coming right out of pandemic, people are going to be loving to go to shows again. That's going to be crazy. But I think every single venue is going to be in the same boat. Every single venue, show, whatever is going to be doing things. So it'll be a good time when that happens again one day. Yeah. But as far as what 10 to 10 has to do with its milestones and its goals, we're definitely headed in a direction that can be positive. But it's still going to be a hard journey. We're not like water. We're more like um as positive as possible quicksand okay. <laughs> because because you know we were moving quickly at the same time but we could also have the ability to like you know implode on ourselves because we're still just powering all this stuff with, with our own wants our own like energy our own money like to make this even happen versus like oh yeah we're able to just do anything and be okay like i got rent no shit we got bills man yeah yeah. Come come use my space. <laughs> like now. Like God damn it. So yeah, there's a bunch of things that are there, but it is like in general, I'm optimistic about where we're headed. Like what we want to do is gonna be really fucking sick. Yeah. But it's gonna just take the time of like slowly introducing people to like, hey, we know this isn't the Migos, but it's dope. Yeah. Jazz Cartier, and you can appreciate, right? And again, using the two towers references on that, so keep it all. And like when you guys started, they brought you on to uh, freestyle in between music breaks of the DJ sets. So that's correct, right? Oh no, that was me individually. That was me as a rapper. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking to play this episode out. Each person could do a one-bar freestyle. <laughs> 
Listen, man, if you naturally, guys... naturally, I don't know if naturally, I got bars for you like you. that. Yeah. Oh me, <laughs> on the spot like that? You got to start with Alex, man. No, He's it's a one bar freestyle. I don't think I got bars for you like that, bro. Corey, you can't look at your phone huh? using your ghostwriter. Hey, hold up, Andrew. Who Corey? <laughs> He's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me give you a beat, bro. No, here's a beat for you, dog. Here's a beat for you, dog. Hold on. Alex, you sound. I mean, Andrew, you sounded ready. Oh shit. Hmm. This is what I, I listen to while I watch Barney. Let me pause that before Spotify. I grew up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Shook ones, Shook ones, and I don't Barney. Got a freestyle you know? for you, man. I don't know why this guy's trying to. This guy's trying to make us all freestyle. <laughs> Come on, Corey. Corey has the voice uh, of an angel, yo. but he's kind of like the soloist. Like Benny, nah. I think you could really help Corey's like musical aspiration career because like <laughs> right now he's like that guy under the bridge, and he just needs you to like you know give him a head shave and like a suit. <laughs> And like that dude's gonna be like selling out Madison Square Garden. Man. Hey, he's got like the Catalina. He's got like the Catalina wine mixer yeah. voice. Hey. God damn! <laughs> what the fucking solo? No, I keep it tucked oh, in. Keep though. It I keep tucked. it tucked. I keep it. Well, I don't know how in. you couldn't. That romper is hella tight. <laughs> I'm not wearing a romper, dog. <laughs> For those of you who don't have video feed right now, Corey is indeed wearing a romper. It's confirmed. Romper confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no freestyle. All right, I'm going right, to hit this outro. This is man, why before. it's not going forward. None of y'all will right. freestyle. Of course hip-hop's going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> of course hip-hop's going to make it. Why are you freestyling, it? dog? Why don't you, why don't you drop a line you know, real quick? Andrew, you know what's funny is I literally have a hip-hop song on the go right now. Oh. I couldn't get you to help me with it. I sent it to her Corey. He's not able to help me with it. <laughs> Terrible. I can't rap. Hey, I'm though. left out. Benny, you got anything for us? We'll hit well, you up for the telenovela, Herbie. You want me? You want me to freestyle right now? Or something? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh... <laughs> oh shit! Clap, gang. Why? Drill beat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need you to check out this image. I hope you're here to witness. I'm sitting in the room here with Glenbrook Village. Bar. Hey. <laughs> a bar. Hey. Yeah. A bar. That might have to be that might have to be the new intro, Alex. Cut that New, 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 new Glenbrook Village. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, that's tough to right now. Podcast. Wow. Uh, that's tough. I still gotta catch up on. I just saw the one snippet he posted about telling Roy and him to take a break. There's a theory on Twitter that like this is going to be how they're starting out the rollouts for each of their individual shows. But I haven't watched the episodes. No, nah, nah, that's bad. a lie, bro. Like, have you been watching? Mal, Mal well, yo, well, hang, yo, hang, out of his hang, bio. Let me, oh, let shit. me do the outro. Yo, let me do the outro. Let me do the outro, and then we'll hang that around be and the talk, outro. talk about <laughs> it. Let for that a bit. be the outro. Let that yeah. be the outro. Uh, chill, hold up, yo, but. Yo, Benny, let me like, let me let me do the outro. <laughs> God, let me do the outro. We'll talk about it after Alex uh, hits pause on the recording. But uh, yo, thanks thanks for sitting on and talking with us, man. Yeah. Like I appreciate it a lot. You know. Thanks for reaching out, guys. This was oh. a dope. This was a dope converse. Yeah, mm -hmm. when I saw you on, because we had Ruben on, and I I was talking to we talked to Ruben a bit. I was like, man, I gotta hit up Benny and have. Benny on the podcast, and then when I saw you pop into his uh, 
his IG live on Sunday, I was like, yeah, let me just hit this man mm-hmm. up. See if we can get him to sit down and, and chat with us. Most just, definitely, man. Most definitely. It was, it was dope. Dope conversation. Dope conversation, man. Mm-hmm. Thank, especially for us, you know, we're just starting out our thing here. So, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to sit down and have a conversation with us. Thanks for doing research, man. Everybody you had, out there. You guys had some good questions, man. That was great. It was good to even do that. The fact that you even Yo, found we, out that little, that little thing. We might be thing. rookies. <laughs> Yeah, we might be rookies, but we know what we're doing, though. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Just about good everybody, everybody out there, yeah, everybody out there who's listening, make sure you go follow Ten at Ten on Instagram, follow them on Facebook, whatever social media platform you're on. Mm-hmm. Check them out, especially if you're in Calgary. Make sure you go to one of their showcases. I've been; they do not disappoint. Make sure you go check them out when we return. As always, to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> Ten Ten's got a good lineup coming. As always, up. thanks you know, for Garth listening. Brooks, we got him in the works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Morgan Whalen, 